0: We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Turn with me very quickly to Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to read one scripture from 14. And then I'm going to move on to 15. If you Exodus chapter 14 and verse 31. When you have it, just say, I got it. To every guest in the room today, welcome home, and we love you already. We're so blessed to have you today. And I hope that this praise and worship service has already poured into your spirit, that you feel the presence of God in this house. I pray that this word today will speak to you as well. Exodus 14, verse 31. And Israel saw that great work, which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant, Moses. Amen. If you'll turn with me over to Exodus chapter 15. I want to read for you, beginning in verse 22. Exodus 15, beginning in 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. If you'll turn me one more time to the book of Exodus chapter 16. 16 beginning in verse 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. This morning I want to bring to you a word today. I want to preach to you on this subject thirsty hungry forgetful let's pray together Lord we love you so much for this word today we love you for the spirit that we feel in this room today we thank you that you've decided to join us in this house for you and inhabit the praises of your people now Lord I pray that you would speak to us speak to us through your word speak to us from your spirit oh God help us today lead us and guide us And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated? Thank you for standing with me today. Amen. Exodus uh, 14, 15, and 16 tell a very unique story. Uh, If you... Have never read these chapters, I would encourage you to read them because um, as I say here a lot at Truth Chapel, it's easy to get caught up in a Sunday school mindset and just remember what we learned in Sunday school, not that Sunday school taught us wrong or Sunday school taught us badly, but sometimes Sunday school doesn't tell the whole story and the whole story is a lot better. And sometimes, you know, we, we think we know of a moment in the Bible. We think we know a story from the Bible. And then we really get into the story and we realize, I didn't know it happened like that. And in Exodus 14 is the great uh, delivery of the people of Egypt. They uh, They have already fled Egypt. The children of Israel have fled Egypt. They are gone. They are out of the hand and out of the grasp of Pharaoh. But as they leave town, Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And if you'll read the scripture in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 4, the Bible says that God would harden Pharaoh's heart that he should follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And if you realize this moment, you'll realize that it was God that caused Pharaoh to think in this way. That when Pharaoh had released the people of Israel, he thought better of it and he thought to himself, Why have we done this? Why? Did we let them go? And then he realizes in his military mind that the children of Israel are going to be stuck. If they're trying to get where I think they're trying to get, there's going to come a moment when they're going to be between the mountains and the Red Sea. I know they have no ships. I know they have no vessels to cross over the Red Sea. And I know that if we catch them with their backs to the mountain and their face to the sea, we'll have them. So, He thinks to himself, the children of Israel are entangled. They're caught up in the land, and we're going to go get them. We're going to go get them, and we're going to bring them back. Pharaoh has no intention of killing the Israelites. He wants to use them. He has no intention of wiping them off the map. He wants to use their, their power, and he wants to use their numbers, and he knows that, they'll, that they will do whatever he tells them to do because they are terrified of death. And when it was told the king of Egypt in verse 5 that the people fled, the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariots and he took his people with him. The Bible tells us that he takes 600 chosen chariots, the best, and also the captains of those chariots. And the Lord hardened his heart in verse 8. And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses, all the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and they could see that here comes the army. Here they come. I know that you all know this story and you probably already got it figured out in your head what's about to happen. But if you would for just a moment, let me, let me tell it the way the Bible tells it. When the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and they saw that Pharaoh and his people were there, they began to cry and to weep and they were terrified and they said unto Moses because there were no graves in Egypt hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt is not this the word that we did tell thee didn't we tell you didn't we tell you to leave us alone Let us stay here. It's safe here. There's food here. Didn't we tell you, Moses, did this let us be? Leave us here? You see, when you get overtaken by fear, you become forgetful. For some reason in this moment, they forget the whip of the master. Some reason in this moment, they forget that life in Egypt was no life at all. And me and you know that fear can do this. We've all experienced it before. That fear can make you forget. And we're, we're, we're very aware that fear has a way of getting inside of us and making us do things that we would never do. Run from things we'd never run from. Say things we'd never say. Go places we'd never go. Go back to things we thought we'd never go back to. He said, "Why, why did you bring us here? Were there enough graves in Egypt that we didn't have to come out here to the wilderness to die? Why did you do this? We told you. We told you to leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness better to live as a slave than die free you see their mindsets are very apparent to us we can see the way the children of Israel are thinking they'd rather have life and no liberty than have death and all the liberty they wanted And Moses said unto the people fear not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today ye shall see them again no more forever. What did he tell them to do? He said drop your fear and stand still. Sometimes the best things that we can do in life require no energy. Sometimes the best Decisions that we can make in life require no action. You don't have to do anything. Just do nothing. Just stand still. Take a moment. Take a deep breath. You don't have to act right now. One of the greatest lessons that you're ever going to learn in your adult life is that sometimes you don't have to do anything. Just wait. Patience is an old man's game and a young man's folly. Sometimes we just need to wait. Stand still and see it. You can't see it if you're running. You can't see it if you're scared. But you have to stand still and see it. Watch what he says in verse 14 of Exodus 14. He says, the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Here's God's job. He's going to fight. Here's your job. Shut up. I could just stop preaching right there. We could all go home. Here, here's my job. Keep my mouth closed. Here's God's job. If you'll be quiet, I'll fight for you. But too many of us, we all all the time talking, all the time murmuring, all the time complaining. We, we, we curse ourselves more than anybody else would curse us. We believe the lie that we told ourselves, and we'll speak it openly. But the Lord said, I'll fight for you if you hold your peace. Watch this in verse 15. Here's one of those scriptures that just jumps out to me when I read this story. Again, the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? That's a question mark there. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. God said, why are you praying to me? You don't have to convince me. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to save these people. Why are you praying to me? You need to talk to the people. God said, at this moment, I'm already on your side. You don't need to convince me anymore. What you need to do is go tell them people what they need to do. They got to go forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes the prayer that you're praying is futile. You got to go do something. Listen, if you're in this room and you're praying that God will be on your side, that is a futile prayer. He's already on your side. Now go get up and go forward. God said, you don't need to pray to me. You need to talk to these people and get them moving. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to deliver you. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to bring you out. Matter of fact, it was my idea to bring him here in the first place. All I need you to do is be obedient. Somebody shout yes. He said, but lift thou up thy rod. Stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. He's, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm going to make them so mad at you, they're going to follow you. I want them to follow you. Some of us got to realize that the enemy is still on our trail because God wants him on our trail. The enemy is still trying to fight us because he wants him to fight you. God don't play checkers, he plays chess. He is making moves that you can't see. Even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. He said, I wanted them to follow you. I wanted you to get into this trouble. I wanted you to walk into this mess. I wanted you to be here right now. So the only person you could depend on was me. I wanted you to, I wanted you to walk into this and I'm going to let them follow you. And I'm going to get my honor. I'm gonna get my honor on Pharaoh. I'm gonna get my honor upon all of his hosts. I'm gonna get my honor upon his chariots. I'm gonna get my honor upon his on his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I get my honor upon them, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. God said, "I'm gonna get the glory. This is for my glory." You might be scared. But I'm working for my glory now. I'm going to put it in a position where there is absolutely no way you could take the credit. Because if I could let you fight them and let you whip them, you'll think it was you. But I'm going to make the situation so difficult that when you get out of it, the only you, thing you can say is look what the Lord has done. I'm preaching to some people today. You're in such a tight situation. The only way out of it will be a miracle from God. And if you're that person today, you ought to just give God a shout of praise because you know he's looking for glory. I'm going to get my honor on him. I'm going to get my honor on I'm going to get my honor on Pharaoh. I'm going to get my honor on his chariots. I'm going to get my honor on his people. The Lord has to do it now. Ah. The Lord has to do it now. The angel of God went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. God will come between you. And it was a cloud And darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. The Egyptians couldn't see them, and the Israelites could only see the light. And watch what the Bible says. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back. By a strong east wind all that night. This didn't happen in a moment. It took all night. There was a wind that came. And with the wind came and started pushing the sea. And the wind blew all night. I know the movies say whoosh. But God, God ain't from Hollywood. I'm going to help some of y'all right now. Because you think God should just go whoosh all the time. But sometimes it takes all night long. God may not come when you want him, but he'll be on time. It may not happen like you think it should happen. God don't have no CGI. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. Look it up. Sometimes it takes all night. The the wind blew all night night long and it made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. You talk about a wind, a wind that was so strong that it just started drying the water up and just kept blowing all night so that there was a spot of land between the two waters and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the hosts of the Egyptians through the, through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the hosts of the Egyptians. And took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians and upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that went into the sea after them, there remained not so much as one of them. See, sometimes God has to put you in a situation so he can take them all out. That nobody survives this. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord. They believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They feared the Lord. They believed the Lord. And they believed Moses. They feared the Lord. They believed the Lord. They believed Moses. What a great moment. You know, when you come out of a moment like that, you can't help but have faith. You can't help but believe everything the Lord says. When you come out, listen, some of y'all have had some amazing miracles happen in your life. We just can't tell it now. Because when you were still standing by the seashore, you feared the Lord, you believed the Lord, you was all in. When you could still see the dead bodies of the Egyptians, here's what you do, you sing. They sang. They sang the Lord has triumphed greatly. They sang the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. That's what you do when you can still see the Egyptians dead on the side of the sea. Here's what you sing. You sing, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts have they cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. This is all in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 is a song. We sing it in Exodus 15. We were trapped in Exodus 14. Now we sing it in Exodus 15. Thy right hand, O oh Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O oh Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who's like you, O Lord? Among the gods. Who is like thee? Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. Doing wonders. You just just do crazy stuff. You so good. It's a good song. This is a song. They're singing this. I don't know. They may be singing it in parts, harmony. I don't know. But they were singing. They were singing. And then this is is the song of Moses. Miriam in verse 21, she answered, she said, Sing ye the Lord. He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Bible says that Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took took a tambourine in her hand and all of the women went out in front of her with timbrels and dance. And they danced. They were singing, dancing. They were excited. There was a shout in them. He said, man, he set us free. Yes he, yes, he did. Ain't nobody like my God. Everybody had a preacher voice that day. Yeah. Ain't no God like my God. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. They were shouting, glorifying God. And so verse 22, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Somebody say three days. They were shouting on Sunday afternoon, God made a way. God made a way out of no way. Three days later, they were thirsty and there was no water. And then they came to a place called Mara and there was water there, but they couldn't drink it. It was too bitter to drink. That's why they called it Mara because Mara means bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? What are we going to drink? Wait a minute. Three days ago, y'all watched God move an entire ocean with the blast from his nostrils. And now you can't believe God for some water to drink? He can move an ocean, but he can't give you something to drink? Because me and you know what fear will do to you. But do you know what thirst will do to you? Fear is easy. We can see fear. We know that fear makes you forget. We, don't, we know that fear makes you, makes you weird, and, and, and fear will, will make you do things you never thought you'd do, say things you never thought you'd say. But, but what about thirst? What about being thirsty? Now, the kids today, thirsty is a whole different thing. You ever heard of a thirst trap? Some of y'all haven't, but some of y'all have. And here's the problem with being thirsty being thirsty will make you forget. Listen, this isn't something that happened last month, not something that happened two years ago. It's something that happened three days ago. But they cannot believe God, they're thirsty. And forgetful, they forget who's on their side. They murmur, not to Moses. What? what what's what the scripture said in verse twenty-four? And the people murmured, not to Moses. They didn't come to Moses and complain. They didn't say they murmured against Moses. It was if it was Moses' fault. What shall we drink? They begin to complain because. There was no water, and the water that they found was bitter. And in three days, they had forgotten because the Bible said when they stood by that river and they could see the dead bodies of the Egyptians, they feared God, they believed God, and they believed Moses. Three days later, thirsty. See, we got to be careful when we get to a place where our flesh is weak and we begin to desire things that we shouldn't desire, even things that we should desire that don't come in the proper time, that we don't forget where our help lies. See, I'm going to preach a little bit today, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not going to preach much longer than I already have because I don't, this is kind of one of the messages that when I get to my point, is there. If you can't see it, you can't see it. I'm not going to belabor it. I'm not going to beat the dead horse. Because what I really want to say today is this, is that many of us are thirsty and hungry for things that we shouldn't be thirsty and hungry for. And we got to be careful because when we're thirsty and hungry for things that we shouldn't be thirsty and hungry for, we become forgetful of who we're really serving. We become forgetful of what is truly important. And I know this because I see people all the time making things that are temporal more important than the things that are eternal. And it is a desire for something that if you're not getting it from God, you'll try to get it somewhere else. And when you become thirsty, you have to remember you can forget what you're really here for. These people of God had just watched the greatest miracle in your Bible. The greatest thing that God had ever done had already just happened in front of their eyes. There is no explaining what they saw. There is no way to explain what they experienced. We, the, scientists cannot figure it out. There is no way to make sense of what God did for them. To bring them out. Not only bring them out but make sure that the enemy that trailed them and tracked them would never track them again. That they would have safe travels to wherever it is God was calling them to. And there was no enemy here. There was no devil here. There was no Pharaoh here. There was no army here. Now it is self-destruction. God can take the enemy out of your life, but he cannot take the desires out of your life. God can kill Pharaoh in the ocean, but he cannot destroy your own wants and desires. God can take the enemy and make him disappear from your life for the rest of your life. The the Egyptians who you see today, you will see them again no more forever, but I can get rid of him but I can't get rid of you. Oh, hallelujah. I can deal with the enemy that is tangible. I can deal with the enemy that is touchable, but what I cannot deal with is that person inside of you that when you don't get it your way right away, you become angry and you forget to believe God, trust in God, and trust in the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Some people would say, well, you know, you're preaching this message because, you know, Moses represents the pastor. And, and so, you know, you're talking about, no, Moses doesn't represent the pastor. Moses represents God. And he represents the word of God. Because these people have no Bible. The only way they know what God is saying is when Moses opens up his mouth and says, Thus saith the Lord. They, they have no book to go to. Moses is the one that's going to write the Torah months from now, from this moment. Moses will write Genesis They have no book to turn to. The only word they're hearing is from the mouth of Moses. He represents the word of God. He represents the presence of God. He represents the favor of God. And they're murmuring against him, not because of an enemy, but because of a natural affection for something they can't have. Thirst is natural, thirst is real. There is no law against being thirsty. The law is when you can't get it, when you want it, what do you do? What do you say? Who do you hurt? How do you complain? How far will you go? In this moment, they're just thirsty. And they go to Moses and they say, what shall we drink? And Moses just prays, Lord, help me, Lord. Help me. And the Lord shows him a tree. He cuts down the tree, he throws it in the water. When the tree touches the water, the water is made sweet and they drink it. This is what's amazing to me. The Bible says he cried, the Lord Lord showed him the tree, he put it in the water, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance and there he proved them and said, if thou would diligently hearken, watch verse 26, "He, he proved them in this moment when they were thirsty. He proved them in this moment. they were angry, they murmured, but he said, I, "I use this moment because I want to prove you. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in His sight and will give ear to His commandments and keep all of His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee." He said, "I want you to hear this moment." He said, "I know you're thirsty." And I know that the water was bitter, but I showed you how to heal the water. And if you'll just trust me, I'll always do this for you. If you'll trust me, I'll walk with you. If you'll trust me, I'll lead you. If you trust me, none of these diseases will come upon you. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And then the Bible says they came to Elam, which were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees. And they encamped there. By the waters, God had a better place. Once he taught them a lesson, he had a better place. Let me say that again. Once God taught them a lesson, he had a better place. Some of us can't find the better place because we won't learn our lesson. We can't move on from Mara because we won't learn what the Lord wants us to learn there. The Lord said when you're hungry, the, the, the Lord said when you're thirsty, trust me, trust me. Don't, don't snap at people. Don't complain. Don't walk away from God. Don't walk away from church. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. You're thirsty. It's natural. It's common. But I will provide for you. He's trying to let them know, listen, even in your natural desires, look to me. I told you I'm not gonna preach very long, so I'm, I'm I'm almost there. So then they left Elim. They took their journey. Exodus 16. This is my last. This is my last point here. They took their journey from Elim, and they all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now they're not just murmuring against Moses, now they've brought Aaron into it too. And the children of Israel said unto them, What to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by our flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full where ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Huh. They're hungry and they're forgetful. When they're hungry, all they can remember about Egypt is the flesh pots and the bread. You hear me? They are so hungry... All that they remember about the land of Egypt is how the Egyptians would just put random meat and stuff in these pots for them to eat out of and gave them unlimited bread. Slave wages. But they were so hungry, Egypt looked a lot better than what it really was. Here's what happens, and I'm preaching to somebody today. When we come to God, God delivers us, sets us free, brings us out. He doesn't take away our natural desires. God did a miracle in you, and he he, he redeemed you from sin and shame and condemnation, brought you out to bring you in. But he didn't take away thirst and hunger. He didn't take away natural desires of the flesh. And what he's doing is saying, listen, these desires will always live in you. But look to me. Don't look back. The children of Israel are now hungry. And hunger has made them forget. And all they can remember are the good old days in Egypt. And we know there was never any good old days in Egypt. It was always slave labor. It was always oppression. It was always depression. Mm. And I know some folks in the church today that are looking back on where you came from thinking, you know what? I didn't have to deal with all this when I was out there in the world. I didn't have all these troubles when I was out there just doing my own thing. I'm preaching to somebody today. I didn't have all, this, all these issues when I was just out there living like I wanted to live. I didn't have any restrictions. I didn't have any laws. And I, just, I could just do what I wanted to do. And it was so nice out there. But you forget how wounded you were. You forget how broken you were. All you can remember is the flesh pots and the unlimited bread. But God sent me today to tell you, you need to remember how it really was. You need to remember how the enemy had you. You need to remember how depressed you was, how broken you were, how lost in sin you were. You need to remember how you were on your way to a devil's hell. But God grabbed you and pulled you out. You're going to hunger and you're going to thirst. You are gonna hunger and you are gonna thirst. There are gonna be desires in your life, but you need to look to God for those desires. Don't don't look to man for those desires. Don't look to the world for those desires. Don't look the Bible says that after Samson killed a thousand Philistines, he was thirsty. And he said, Lord, I he 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 went to the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm thirsty. Give me water. And the Lord said, look in the weapon. And the Bible says that the jawbone that he used, there was a a concave place in the jawbone and water sprang from it. And Samson drank from the jawbone because when he was thirsty for water, he cried unto the Lord and the Lord said, I'll give you water from the weapon. But when he was hungry for a wife, he didn't ask God nothing. When he was thirsty to save his own life from dying, he cried to God and God showed him where to go. But when he wanted fame and fortune and a wife, he didn't ask God a thing. He just saw something he liked and he went and got it. Am I preaching to anybody today? Am I talking to anybody in the house today? You're going to thirst and you're going to hunger. But you need to look to God. When you get thirsty, you need to look to God. When you get hungry, look to God. We, we ask God to do all kinds of things. God, give me this job. God, give me this promotion. God, give me these things. And God does those things for you. And God answers. And God delivers. And then when you get it, you forget God. You forget how desperate you were. You forget how you came to the altar and you wept and you cried. He said, God, open the door. And then God opened the door. And now. Listen, you're going to hunger and you're going to thirst for success. Those things are natural. You want those things. But go to God for those things. Because if you, if you start looking around and, and you become forgetful of how it used to be. You become forgetful of the house of God and the things of God and the place of God. And everything becomes more important than God. And you look around and Egypt will start looking real good to you. And you see good folk, saved folk, talented folk, great people of God that walk away from God with the blessings in their hands. Free from Egypt. Free from Pharaoh. Free from slavery. Free from the brokenness. With their own eyes, they saw the enemy laid up on the shores dead but would still want to go back because they just want to fill their belly. That's what Esau did. But the crow Esau was so hungry that he saw Jacob making a pot of beans. Just a, a, a bowl of beans, man. I ain't never seen a bowl of beans that good. But he was so hungry He forgot what he really had, the birthright. And he sold his soul for just a meager moment of temporal satisfaction. And it pleased him in that moment and it angered him once his belly was full. In that moment, his brother Jacob was his best buddy, making him some beans. But when he realized what was stolen from him, Jacob became his enemy, and he hated Jacob because Jacob stole from him. Jacob didn't steal from you. You made this deal fair and square because you were hungry. Do not make a deal with your soul because you're hungry. Listen to me, young man, young lady sitting in this room. I'm reaching for you today. Do not make a deal with the devil for a moment of satisfaction and pleasure. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Yes, I'm hungry. Yes, I'm thirsty. But I go to God for those things. I say, God, I'm looking to you, the author and the finisher of my faith. You brought me out, so I trust you to bring me in. You brought me out, so I trust you to bring me and here's what he said in Matthew 5 and verse 6. He said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen, I hunger and I thirst, but I'm asking God to help me to direct that hunger and that thirst in the right places, in the right way, in eternal ways and not. Temporal ways. I don't want a quick fix. I want my soul to be saved. I don't want to just be happy for a moment, but I want to be complete in my Savior. I don't want to get by just today and spend eternity in hell because I gave up my soul because my belly wanted to be full. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget him. I don't want to forget. Don't you forget the messages you heard in the light when you're walking around in darkness. Don't you forget the plans that God had for you. Don't you forget the calling. I'm preaching to some young man, some young lady, some married couple. I'm preaching to an elder in here today. Don't you forget the call that God put on your life just because you're hungry for something else out there. Don't you forget the don't you forget the ministry that God put in you just because you're hungry for something out there. Don't you forget what God told you. Uh, if you'll follow me, if you'll trust me, if, you, if, if, you'll, if you'll trust me for it, I'll give you everything you need until we get where we're going. Uh. The Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day, they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. The reason that me and you don't want to be led and provided by God is because when God provides, he provides in a system of regulation, and we, and and God doesn't give us it all at once, and God doesn't give us everything that we want, he gives us what we need, but I don't know anybody that's happy with everything they wanted, but I know some people who may not have everything you think they should have, but they're satisfied with what they need. Because somewhere down the road, they got in their mind, you know what, Lord? Please don't give me everything I want. Because if you give me everything I want, I don't know if I can handle it. Lord, if you give me everything I want, I don't know if I'll be in church Sunday. If you give me everything I want, I don't know if I'll pursue that or pursue the calling that you put on me. Lord, if you give me everything I want, I don't know if that'll distract me from the anointing that you put in my life. And now I'm not walking after that, but I'm walking after what I was hungry for and thirsty for. Thirst and hunger make you forgetful. I'm closing. Music can come. I wonder how many gifts have been left at the altar because people were hungry and thirsty for something else. I wonder how many anointings have been stepped over and walked past, not used, not fulfilled, because hunger and thirst made you forgetful of what God told you. I know for many people, it, it may have been a long time since you heard that. But Israel proves to us today that it could be as simple as three days ago. Three days. Thirst can wipe away from your memory God's provision and power in just three days. That's why we have Bible study on Wednesday nights. Because I know that between Sunday and next Sunday, you need a middle-of-the-road place to get a little more something from God. Because life has a way of making us forget all the gracious and great things that God has done for us. And God is pushing and pulling on his people today. He's saying, listen... Pharaoh is dead, gone. You'll never see him again. He'll never chase you again. But on the other side of this wilderness, there's Amalekites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, and they hate you, and they're going to fight you. Every way you can think about it. So between Pharaoh, that enemy, and those enemies that you will have to fight to take the land I gave you, there's an enemy that you'll fight in the wilderness. And that enemy is hunger and thirst. And I'm going to make you depend on me. I'm going to make you trust in me. I'll send the manna. I'll send the quail. I'll make water come from the rock. Because I'm trying to get you to defeat the greatest enemy that you really have. Is your desire to go back. Because if that desire to go back is in you, when you meet Canaanites, you're gone. If that same desire in you to go back is still in you, when when you come to the city of Jericho and realize how big it is and, and how daunting it may be, you'll probably pack your bags and you'll never go into what I have promised for you. So I'm pushing you now to get over yourself. Most of us in this room can stand today, raise a hand and say, Pastor Chavis, I don't battle anything but me. I'm I'm not battling some addiction. I'm I'm, I'm not battling some some enemy out there that's trying to take my head off. I don't really feel like I'm under a, a spiritual attack, but I struggle with me. Because when I want something, when I see a goal or when I get thirsty, when I get hungry for the things of life I don't turn to God for answers I go everywhere else but God and I realize how easy it would be if I could just turn my back and go back and live a different way there's people not sitting in this room today who used to sit in this room who went back to something because they got so blinded by their hunger and their thirst. And we're not here today to judge any of them because every one of us in this room have the same potential. If I don't say, you know what, Lord? Help me not, help me to remember what you said. Help me to remember how pitiful I was back there help me to remember the pain that was in my life back there help me to stop romanticizing my captivity like it was some great place like I was living some great life help me stop romanticizing when the enemy had me trapped and help me look forward unto you and say you know what Lord I am thirsty but what would you have me do? Lord, I am hungry, but what would you have me do? Before I open my mouth to complain and talk about the good old days, Lord, say, Lord, this is a different time. This is a different place. I've never been here before. What miracle do you have for me now? What plan do you have for me now? What steps do you want me to make now? Help me get over me. Would you stand to your feet and as you stand, would every head be bowed, every eye be closed in the house. about every eye closed, I want to read for you Revelation 16, 7 and 16 and 17. This is in the last days and the Lord said this in the book of Revelation, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into living fountains of water and God Shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Because if you become hungry and thirsty for the things of God, He'll make you forget. He'll make you forget the way they hurt you. He'll make you forget that you feel like you're still not worth it. He'll make you forget all of the limitations that you put on yourself if you become hungry and thirsty for him. He said, I'll wipe away all the tears from your eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.